0: Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea.
1: And go. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Marissa. I've been listening to the Generation Y podcast a lot lately, and they, like, every episode, it's these two guys, and it's true crime, but every episode they start with, how are you tonight, Justin? I'm good, whatever the other guy's name is. (laughs) Like, every single episode. (laughs) And I never listen at night, so...
0: So, you went to switch it up, make sure we're not being uh, saying the same thing yeah. with, the, with the start. Yeah. Yeah, the start of our podcast. But really, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> I'm not <that> good. <laughs> good, good. There's, there's <laughs> birds chirping in the background. There's.
0: It's been um, so hot. <laughs> okay. That I, I didn't know where you
1: were going. With haven't.
0: That. That. I felt like you walk outside and you can't breathe hot.
1: Well, yesterday, was oh, my God. It was miserably hot. When I walked outside, my sunglasses fogged up because it was hot and humid. And I was like, what am I living in right now? In
0: the car, I felt like we were getting cooked alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was bad. It was bad. Um, and it's July. August is typically worse. Uh, we shall see. <laughs> We're in literal hell.
1: <laughs> and here we are drinking hot tea. You know what? It's cool in here. It it's is. cool in the house. Thank goodness. Thank, thank goodness it's for air conditioning. It's been much
0: more difficult to um, cool our house down. I'll say that.
1: I know. I feel like my AC runs constantly. Also,
0: how did our ancestors... <laughs> <laughs> Who lived in Louisiana brave these summers without AC?
1: I genuinely don't know how people could have survived this. I mean, we're like, we're we've been hitting record highs for years. So I know that it hasn't it wasn't this hot. But still. When they were around. But still. But still, Louisiana is a hot
0: I mean, how many people died of heat stroke?
1: Probably This podcast has just taken a turn. (laughs) Sorry. We're now doing um, a true crime podcast on (laughs) the number of heat stroke deaths related to, I I can't turn this into true crime, I'm sorry.
0: Where (laughs) basically people were made to think that they died of heat stroke, but really they weren't
1: dun 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 yeah
0: anyways um it is so hot here that you can't think when you walk outside that's how hot it is i don't know if anyone has experienced that but that's what it's like here
1: you walk out and just immediately your brain turns off
0: correct but in between that time we get to listen to good books or read good books or however
1: you however you consume your literary you know what it's like I just walked outside and my brain turned <laughs> off. I'm, I'm done. I am done. <laughs> Literary content. Yeah. So, got anything good? A good book, you mean, to talk yeah. about? Well, I do. However, it's your turn to go first. Okay. So tell me about your good book, please.
0: So, um, this book is called The Dead Romantics, by Ashley Poston,
1: so you went with the one that's been all over Instagram. I ok, have. good, because yes. I have seen it, and I'm like, I don't know what it's about. And you know I don't look up what books are about. I just yes. jump into them. So tell me if I should read it or not, ok.
0: Um, I really liked it. It was I don't know how, how if I should say it was a fresh take. Um, but it was interesting and different. So the main character is Florence Day. She is currently living in New York City. She's ghostwriting for a very well-known best-selling romance writer who she's only met once. Um, She's she's had a five-year contract with her to write her novels for her. Um, I think the lady lives in Maine or something of that nature, and she no longer leaves her town. Okay. Okay. A year ago, she had a really bad breakup, Florence, and um, she doesn't really believe in romance anymore. And so she's been having a really hard time finishing her fourth and final book in her contract. So she keeps getting extensions, and she just can't do it. She's like, I can't write a happy ending. So Florence has a new editor um, who is waiting for this fourth book. So she has a, a, a meeting with him, um, and when she walks in, he's not at all what she expects. He happens to be devastatingly <laughs> handsome. No. Um, so, so she pretty much tries to ask for another extension, and he shoots her down, saying, no, this book has been due. You've gotten multiple extensions. It's due tomorrow. Tomorrow, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And she, um, is like, how am I going to get out of this? Like, I have to fulfill this contract. I'm going to let Ann Nichols down, which who is the um, who she's ghostwriting for. Um, and, and so she, her high level anxiety is there, but she's like, I can't write this. Like, and she even tried to say, "What do you think about things not ending happily?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> This is this Anne's is romance. Work. It's romance. It needs to end, and so she decides to go out with her roommate Rose, who's her best friend, um, and to get her mind off of it. Even though she needs to write it, which I would <laughs> thought was really odd.
1: And um, you've got seven hours to finish this novel. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and drink.
0: So they went to some club, like a bar that had a poetry reading and so her friend rose was thinking this is going to help her maybe she can go up there and get out of her shell a little because she's having you know a block in regard to writing and um, florence didn't know that that's what you know was going on so they ask for the next volunteer to come up to the stage and when she stands up her ex-boyfriend also stands up. no so, what we start to find out is that, or they really tell you at the beginning, but she grew up in a small town in South Carolina, and her family owns a funeral home.
1: Oh, okay. Now I'm intrigued.
0: So, she grew up in this funeral home. She had a brother named Carver and a younger sister named Alice.
1: I'm sorry. Funeral home, and the son's name is Carver. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Moving on. Okay. So her dad and her mom had been in this funeral business for a long time. Her dad's family hands down the business through all of the days, like days is their last name. Oh, got
1: it. Okay. I was like days, days of what? How many days? Um, and
0: so everyone in town knows them. They're the only funeral parlor in town. And, um, when, you know, when you have this happen in your life like that's who you go to and so everyone really respects her family but her dad and florence are the only two members in her family who can see ghosts okay
1: okay this this book is so not what i was expecting right
0: okay so (laughs) they actually help ghosts finish their unfinished business so they can move on okay what happened, her trauma that happened, and they tell you this in the beginning, so I'm not giving anything away, is that um, she helped solve the mystery of a murder of a young boy in her town when she was 13. And it came out in the news that like young girl solves mystery with ghosts. And so she becomes like the town pariah. And so like people like in her school bully her, like through high school. And so when she gets to the end of high school, she's like, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back here. Like I want nothing to do with this place. So she makes a new life for herself and moves to New York and she hasn't been back in a decade. So um, when she runs into Lee, all of these feelings come back. She's super upset. She goes outside because she needs some air, and she runs into Benji Andor, who is her editor, who she spoke with earlier that morning I about thought, the book. I thought
1: you were gonna say she runs into a ghost, yeah. and the.
0: <laughs> so she actually sees ghosts like all throughout New York, but she said she just ignores them and like acts like they're not there. And she knows the difference because they kind of like sparkle a little bit, um, and so she she can tell the difference between a ghost and a real person. Um, but she doesn't get involved anymore. So she's super upset. And Benji, you know, is like, Miss Day, are you okay? He's like very professional. And um, he's like, is, is there anything I can do? And she basically loses it on him and, ba- you know, <laughs> says all stuff stuff. It doesn't make sense that he doesn't know what's going on. And she ends up grabbing him and kissing him.
1: Well, the, obviously, right. yes. Yes. That's... Where well, he, that would naturally go. Right.
0: So he's like, hell yeah, sounds good to me. So um, they're making out in this alley <laughs> and she gets a phone call and she starts looking at her phone and she realizes that she has all these missed calls from her family members and her family's never call her and she doesn't know what's going on. And so she calls her mom back and um, finds out that her dad passed away. So she has to go back to the town that she hasn't visited in 10 years. So basically she leaves and goes back to the small town, to the funeral home that she left, um, that she actually grew up around. um, And she was the only one of the siblings that lived there when she was little. Um, And then they moved into a house down the street. Um, But she has never seen death as like this horrible devastating um, experience because in her family they always celebrated the person's life and really tried to help those family members through that difficult time and so she remembers really wonderful times and has great memories of the funeral home and helping in that capacity with her family. Um, And so it hasn't been anything strange for her because that's just how she grew up. Right. Um, When she gets there, they're reading the will, and in the will, her dad has a lot of peculiar requests for his funeral, just really outlandish things. And she is the one that starts to take on some of those tasks because her family members are dealing with other things. Her sister Alice is actually running the business now. Um, And through those having to fulfill those um requests she kind of starts finding herself again so the night that she gets back they're reading the will and here's where things get twisty <laughs> nothing it's, it's really a romance it's like a rom-com and she's really witty and really sarcastic and she's a great character um but the doorbell rings in the middle of the reading of the will and she also is thinking in back of her mind, like, am I going to see my dad? Like, is his ghost going to be here kind of thing? Right. So she goes to open the door, and at first there's, like, nobody, nobody there. And so she's like, okay, that's weird. And then she kind of looks off and um, sees this figure, and um, she realizes pretty quickly that it's a ghost. And she, you know, doesn't really want to fool with him or do anything, but he looks up at her and they make eye contact, and she instantly knows that she knows him. Is it the editor, and it's the editor <laughs> What is happening right now? <laughs> so from the time that she left New York the night before to now, he died.:
1: Wait, so he hasn't been a ghost all along. Mm-mm. OK. I don't know what's weirder) <laughs>
0: So I'm going to kind of stop there because I don't want to give, like, the rest of that story away of what happens. You've gotten
1: me to a point where I'm very intrigued. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that
0: was the point. Okay.
1: Well, you did a good job. (laughs) Thanks.
0: Um, So, yeah. So it it was a really neat take. You will really like the characters in the story. Like, they're interesting and fun and... Her family's quirky, but really cute. And um, I think her family, um, they're devastated by the passing of their dad because he was such an integral part and like the head of, you know, just. The,
1: the he head, was the head he of the family. The he the ran family. the business. Right. He did all those things.
0: Um, but through his will and every, everything that he has laid out for them, he's trying to get them all back together.
1: When you first started explaining this book, I thought that. It was going to be very different. I thought that you were going to tell me, because she was ghostwriting this book for this kind of mysterious author, and I thought it was going to be about that, and like uncovering mysteries about the author and that kind of stuff, and I'm kind of over that kind of book right now, Mm -hmm. so I'm really glad it didn't go in that direction. Yeah. (laughs) I was immediately like, oh, bummer, and then it was, nope, nothing like I expected.
0: Nope, not at all. Okay. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. <laughs> I'm very intrigued.
0: <laughs> good. Well, please read it and let me know what you think.
1: I will. Um. I did read one of your recommended books recently. I read um Emma in the Night. And I thought it was I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um it like took a very long time for me to get into it.
0: Okay. I could see that.
1: But in the end, I was satisfied.
0: And that's what you asked me. That's
1: exactly what I asked you. Were you satisfied with the ending? And I was satisfied with the ending. Yeah. So that's what matters. And
0: did you, did you...
1: Had I figured it out? Yeah. Uh, To an extent. Okay.
0: And that's what I said too, I think. I think I said you kind of know what's going on, but not
1: fully. You can make guesses, but no, I couldn't have fully guessed what had happened yeah um but i ended up buying that book for hillary for her birthday oh good she likes okay that that kind of book so
0: well great i'm glad that kind of worked out yeah yeah
1: um okay the book that i'm telling you about is called the bodyguard by katherine center oh
0: gosh i had this on my reading list okay
1: okay well yes yes okay good you're gonna love it okay um it comes out july 19th yeah so it's not out quite yet but it comes out the day before my birthday, just saying. Also, Virgin River Season 4 comes out on my birthday, which is like <sighs> the best birthday present. <laughs> um, anyway, so I've read a few of Catherine Sinner's books before and enjoyed them. Um, this one sounded super fun and different and interesting to me, so I was really excited about it. I think I put it on the episode that I did at the beginning of the year of like books that I was excited yeah. about for the year. Um, so let me give you the quick premise, which is female bodyguard protecting a male celebrity. Mm-hmm. And just starting from that, I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. This is a fun obviously little,
0: not, the regular, not a typical,
1: yeah. um, dynamic. Mm-hmm. So we have Hannah who is our female bodyguard. Um, they call it an executive protection agent. AKA bodyguard fancy and so they live in Texas so they end up protecting like oil tycoons and you know different people like that occasionally a celebrity like I think she said she had protected Dolly Parton one time and just you know different random things like that um and so there's a few there's a few people in the agency maybe like five or six people in the agency one of them is her ex-boyfriend who's kind of awful and broke up with her um, the evening of her mother's funeral. Um, (laughs) Oh my God, what an awful person. And another one is her best friend, and I'll leave it at that, because there's side stories. They're all (laughs)
0: kick-ass.
1: They're all just, yeah. (laughs) Bodyguards. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. And they work independently, but they also work in teams, depending on the situation and how long the, you know, Job is for and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So they the agency gets hired to protect Jack Stapleton, who is a movie star. Um, but he has pretty much been out of the public eye for a few years now since his brother died. Like, tragically in a car accident. And Jack was in the car, and nobody really knows what happened. And then Jack kind of disappeared. He's from Texas. Okay. But he doesn't live in Texas anymore. However, his mom, he finds out his mom is sick with cancer, and so he's going home to the family ranch to help take care of his mother. He's kind of estranged from his family at this point a little bit because of what happened with his little brother. He has another brother who just, like, really resents him for everything that happened. And Jack's agent is the one who hires the bodyguard agency, the executive protection agency. Jack does not want this. He's like, no, like I'm going home to be with my family. I don't I don't want anybody to protect me. However, he has a stalker. Oh, no. And it's this, what seems to be like this old lady knitting, corgi loving <laughs> stalker. <laughs> okay. He's like, I don't need protection from this woman. It's no big deal. And his agent's like, no, we don't, you don't know what people are capable of you're having someone come protect you he's like look I don't want my family to know what's going on we have a, they have enough on their plates right now they don't need to be worried about me while I'm at the ranch that this corgi loving lady is gonna come and do something crazy to me I don't want any protection I don't want them to know that anything is wrong so they come up with the idea that Hannah is going to pretend to be his girlfriend, but secretly she's going to be protecting him. Okay. So got we, it. So we're throwing in this fake dating trope.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: Which I always love. I like it too. Yeah. It's just.
0: Yeah. It's it, cute. It's, it's fun. Because it's always slightly uncomfortable because you got to play into it a little bit.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had to pretend like they were really dating. Right, and then, so you,
0: and then you catch feelings. And <laughs> yeah,
1: you catch them. And you're
0: like, we're already supposed to be hooking up, so we might as well actually do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, while they're at the ranch, obviously their parents think that they're together, so they put them in the same room. Right. And, like, she ends up sleeping on the floor and just, she's like, I'm no, I'm not staying in the same bed with you. Like, excuse me. Um, but obviously, like, he's really hot and. Sure. You know. Yeah. You know, so that is the general premise of the story. I'm not going to go into too many more details because I want you to get to enjoy yeah, the relationship okay. and, and the side stories, like I said, with the ex-boyfriend and the, the best friend and the, the other things that happen. Uh, but it was really fun
0: mm-hmm.
1: and funny, and I loved the characters. I loved the family, like Jack's family. Like, mm-hmm. It was just all around Great time.
0: Yeah. It sounds great.
1: Yeah. Like it sounds
0: like it's really amusing and I don't know. It's a de- definitely a different take on things, which I think is yes. really interesting. Turns things on
1: on their head. Um, and so I talked to Carrie and Addie about this and they both said they love the bodyguard, but they like happiness for beginners more. So, okay. and, and that's – okay. Have you read that one? No, but okay. I have
0: it in my – I haven't gotten to it yet, but I have it in my hold list um, because I found out that The Bodyguard wasn't available until July, and so I put that one in, in like, okay, well, I'm going to read something else by her first.
1: So I have since checked out ha- and read Happiness for Beginners, and I enjoyed it, but I like The Bodyguard more, more, and I wonder if it has to do with which one you read first. Okay. So I'm curious. Okay. You read Happiness for Beginners okay. first, and right. then tell me what you I think. I will. Hum. You want to talk about the tea? Oh, yeah, tea. I was like, all right, well, we're done with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I got an email from our good friends over at Harney and Sons about this tea that they had created for the Queen's Jubilee. I feel like she has a jubilee like every year, <laughs> but this was her 70th.
0: Right? Yeah. I yeah. think
1: so. Yeah. 70th. Yeah. Um. I love a good jubilee. So I was like, let's, let's try it. let's think? try the tea it's it's nice it's i don't know it's
0: just it tastes like black tea <laughs> <laughs> um it's there's a there's a taste in there though that um it's not bad or good or anything but it's something that i've tasted
1: before is it, it the silver tips no, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: if I could, I think that flavor is silver tips. It um,
1: seems like it's silver tips. I think
0: it's silver tips.
1: So let me know. I know what it is that you're tasting, and I'm gonna read this to you, and you'll be like, "Oh, duh." Is it bergamot? A regal blend based on traditional. <laughs> sorry, a regal blend based on traditional Earl Grey fine tea, combined with black tea with bright bergamot silver tips, and a dash of royal purple lavender. Is it the lavender you're tasting? Because I taste lavender.
0: I taste lavender, but I taste the bergamot too. I mean, it tastes like real gray black tea-ish.
1: Ish. Ish. Like, yeah. Um, It was exclusively created to celebrate the Platinum Jubilee of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and marked the 70th anniversary of her ascension to the throne on... 6, February, 1952. Missed opportunity here. I should have read this in a British accent. But it's fine. I agree. Whenever I read black tea with bergamot, silver tips, and lavender, I was like, that sounds delicious, and that's why I bought it. And it tastes like a watered-down Earl Grey with lavender.
0: Yes, exactly. That's a great description. (laughs)
1: So, it's fine. It's not my favorite. No.
0: It's not going to be anyone's favorite.
1: (laughs) Sorry, your majesty. Skip it. (laughs) Oh, someone's feisty today.
0: Well, on that note.
1: On that lavender, silver-tipped note. (laughs) Let's
0: brave the heat.
1: I don't know about that, but... We can call it, let's call it an episode.
0: Okay, episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com.
1: And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers.